0: Book Fourteen of the Iliad by Homer. Translated by Alexander Pope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book Fourteen. Argument. Juno Deceives Jupiter by the girdle of Venus. Nestor, sitting at the table with Machaon, is alarmed with the increasing clamour of war, and hastens to Agamemnon. On his way he meets that prince with Diomede and Ulysses, whom he informs of the extremity of the danger. Agamemnon proposes to make their escape by night, which Ulysses withstands, to which Diomede adds his advice that, wounded as they were, they should go forth and encourage the army with their presence, which advice is pursued. Juno, seeing the partiality of Jupiter to the Trojans, forms a design to overreach him. She sets off her charms with the utmost care, and, the more surely to enchant him, obtains the magic girdle of Venus she then applies herself to the god of sleep and with some difficulty persuades him to seal the eyes of jupiter this done she goes to mount ida where the god at first sight is ravished with her beauty sinks in her embraces and is laid asleep neptune takes advantage of his slumber and succours the greeks hector is struck to the ground with a prodigious stone by ajax and carried off from the battle Several actions succeed till the Trojans, much distressed, are obliged to give way. The lesser Ajax signalizes himself in a particular manner. But not the genial feast, nor flowing bowl, could charm the cares of Nestor's watchful soul, His startled ears the increasing cries attend, then thus, impatient to his wounded friend. What new alarm, divine Machaon? Say, What mixed events attend this mighty day? hark how the shouts divide and how they meet and now come full and thicken to the fleet here with the cordial draught dispel thy care let hecamede the strengthening bath prepare refresh thy wound and cleanse the clotted gore while i the adventures of the day explore he said and seizing thrasymede's shield his valiant offspring hastened to the field that day the son his father's buckler bore then snatched a lance and issued from the door soon as the prospect opened to his view his wounded eyes the scene of sorrow knew dire disarray the tumult of the fight the wall in ruins and the greeks in flight as when old ocean's silent surface sleeps the waves just heaving on the purple deeps while yet the expected tempest hangs on high weighs down the cloud and blackens in the sky the mass of waters will no wind obey jove sends one gust and bids them roll away while wavering counsels thus his mind engage fluctuates in doubtful thought the pylian sage to join the host or to the general haste debating long he fixes on the last yet as he moves the sight his bosom warms the field rings dreadful with the clang of arms the gleaming falchions flash the javelins fly blows echo blows and all or kill or die him in his march the wounded princes meet by tardy steps ascending from the fleet the king of men ulysses the divine and who to tydeus owes his noble line their ships at distance from the battle stand in lines advanced along the shelving strand whose bay the fleet unable to contain at length beside the margin of the main rank above rank the crowded ships they moor who landed first lay highest on the shore supported on the spears they took their way unfit to fight but anxious for the day nestor's approach alarmed each grecian breast whom thus the general of the host addressed o oh, grace and glory of the achaean name what drives thee nestor from the field of fame shall then proud hector see his boast fulfilled our fleets in ashes and our heroes killed such was his threat Ah, now too soon made good on many a Grecian bosom, writ in blood, is every heart inflamed with equal rage against your king? Nor will one chief engage, and have I lived to see with mournful eyes in every Greek a new Achilles rise? Gerenian Nestor, then, so fate has willed, and all confirming time has fate fulfilled. Not he that thunders from the aerial bower, not Jove himself upon the past has power the wall our late inviolable bound and best defence lies smoking on the ground even to the ships their conquering arms extend and groans of slaughter'd greeks to heaven ascend on speedy measures then employ your thought in such distress if counsel profit aught arms cannot much though mars our souls in sight these gaping wounds withhold us from the fight to him the monarch that our army bends that troy triumphant our high fleet ascends and that the rampart late our surest trust and best defence lies smoking in the dust all this from jove's afflictive hand we bear who far from argos wills our ruin here past are the days when happier greece was blest and all his favour all his aid confessed now heaven averse our hands from battle ties and lifts the trojan glory to the skies cease we at length to waste our blood in vain and launch what ships lie nearest to the main leave these at anchor till the coming night then if impetuous troy forbear the fight bring all to sea and hoist each sail for flight better from evils well foreseen to run than perish in the danger we may shun thus he the sage ulysses thus replies while anger flashed from his disdainful eyes what shameful words unkingly as thou art fall from that trembling tongue and timorous heart o were thy sway the curse of meaner powers and thou the shame of any host but ours a host by jove endued with martial might and taught to conquer or to fall in fight adventurous combats and bold wars to wage employed our youth and yet employs our age and wilt thou thus desert the trojan plain and have whole streams of blood been spilt in vain in such base sentence if thou couch thy fear speak it in whispers lest a greek should hear lives there a man so dead to fame who dares to think such meanness or the thought declares and comes it even from him whose sovereign sway the banded legions of all greece obey is this a general's voice that calls to flight while war hangs doubtful while his soldiers fight what more could troy what yet their fate denies thou giv'st the foe all greece becomes their prize no more the troops our hoisted sails in view themselves abandoned, shall the fight pursue but thy ships flying with despair shall see and owe oh, destruction to a prince like thee thy just reproofs atrides calm replies like arrows pierce me for thy words are wise unwilling as i am to lose the host i force not greece to quit this hateful coast glad i submit whoe'er or young or old ought more conducive to our will unfold tydides cut him short and thus began such counsel if you seek behold the man who boldly gives it and what he shall say young though he be disdain not to obey a youth who from the mighty tide springs may speak to councils and assembled kings Hear then in me the great Oenides' son, whose honoured dust, his race of glory ran, lies whelmed in ruins of the Theban wall, brave in his life and glorious in his fall. With three bold sons was generous Prothus blest, who Pleuron's walls and Caledon possessed. Melus and Agrius, but who far surpassed the rest in courage, Aeneus was the last. From him my sire. From Calydon expelled, he passed to Argos and in exile dwelled. The monarch's daughter there, so Jove ordained, he won and flourished where Adrastus reigned. There, rich in fortune's gifts, his acres tilled, beheld his vines their liquid harvest yield and numerous flocks that whitened all the field. Such Tydeus was the foremost once in fame; nor lives in Greece a stranger to his name then what for common good my thoughts inspire attend and in the sun respect the sire though sore of battle though with wounds oppressed. let each go forth and animate the rest advance the glory which he cannot share though not partaker witness of the war but lest new wounds on wounds or power as quite beyond the missile javelin's sounding flight safe let us stand and from the tumult far inspire the ranks and rule the distant war he added not the listening kings obey slow moving on atrides leads the way the god of ocean to inflame their rage appears a warrior furrowed o'er with age pressed in his own the general's hand he took and thus the venerable hero spoke atrides lo with what disdainful eye achilles sees his country's forces fly blind impious man whose anger is his guide who glories in unutterable pride so may he perish so may jove disclaim the wretch relentless and o'erwhelm with shame but heaven forsakes not thee o'er yonder sands soon shalt thou view the scattered trojan bands fly diverse while proud kings and chiefs renowned driven heaps on heaps with clouds involved around of rolling dust their winged wheels employ to hide their ignominious heads in Troy, he spoke then rushed amid the warrior crew and sent his voice before him as he flew loud as the shout encountering armies yield when twice ten thousand shake the labouring field such was the voice and such the thundering sound of him whose trident rends the solid ground each Argive bosom beats to meet the fight, And grisly war appears a pleasing sight. Meantime, Saturnia from Olympus' brow, high throned in gold, beheld the fields below. With joy the glorious conflict she surveyed, Where her great brother gave the Grecians aid. But placed aloft, on Ida's shady height, she sees her Jove, and trembles at the sight. Jove to deceive, what methods shall she try? what arts to blind his all-beholding eye at length she trusts her power resolved to prove the old yet still successful cheat of love against his wisdom to oppose her charms and lull the lord of thunders in her arms swift to her bright apartment she repairs sacred to dress and beauty's pleasing cares with skill divine had vulcan formed the bower safe from access of each intruding power touched with her secret key the doors unfold self-closed behind her shut the valves of gold here first she bathes and round her body pours soft oils of fragrance and ambrosial showers the winds perfumed the balmy gale convey through heaven through earth and all the aerial way spirit divine whose exhalation greets the sense of gods with more than mortal sweets Thus, while she breathed of heaven, with decent pride her artful hands the radiant tresses tied, part on her head in shining ringlets rolled, part o'er her shoulders waved like melted gold, Around her next a heavenly mantle flowed, That rich with palace laboured colours glowed, large clasps of gold the foldings gathered round, A golden zone her swelling bosom bound. Far beaming pendants tremble in her ear, each gem illumined with a triple star then o'er her head she cast a veil more white than new-fallen snow and dazzling as the light last her fair feet celestial sandals grace thus issuing radiant with majestic pace forth from the dome the imperial goddess moves and calls the mother of the smiles and loves how long to venus thus apart she cried shall human strife celestial minds divide ah yet will venus aid saturnia's joy and set aside the cause of greece and troy let heaven's dread empress cytherea said speak her request and deem her will obeyed then grant me said the queen those conquering charms that power which mortals and immortals warms that love which melts mankind in fierce desires and burns the sons of heaven with sacred fires for lo i haste to those remote abodes where the great parents sacred source of gods ocean and thetis their old empire keep on the last limits of the land and deep in their kind arms my tender years were past what time old saturn from olympus cast of upper heaven to jove resigned the reign whelm under the huge mass of earth and main for strife I hear has made the union cease which held so long that ancient pair in peace what honour and what love shall I obtain if I compose those fatal feuds again once more their minds in mutual ties engage and what my youth has owed repay their age she said with awe divine the queen of love obey'd the sister and the wife of jove and from her fragrant breast the zone embraced with various skill and high embroidery graced In this was every art and every charm, To win the wisest and the coldest warm, Fond love, the gentle vow, the gay desire, The kind deceit, the still reviving fire, Persuasive speech and the more persuasive sighs, Silence that spoke and eloquence of eyes. This on her hand the Cyprian goddess laid. Take this, and with it all thy wish, she said with smiles she took the charm and smiling press'd the powerful cestus to her snowy breast then venus to the courts of jove withdrew whilst from olympus pleased saturnia flew or high pieria thence her course she bore or fair emathia's ever pleasing shore or haemus hills with snow's eternal crown'd nor once her flying foot approach'd the ground then taking wing from athos lofty steep she speeds to lemnos o'er the rolling deep and seeks the cave of death's half-brother sleep sweet pleasing sleep saturnia thus began who spreadst thy empire o'er each god and man if e'er obsequious to thy juno's will o power of slumbers hear and favour still shed thy soft dews on jove's immortal eyes while sunk in love's entrancing joys he lies a splendid footstool and a throne that shine with gold unfading somnus shall be thine the work of vulcan to indulge thy ease when wine and feasts thy golden humours please imperial dame the balmy power replies great saturn's heir and empress of the skies o'er other gods i spread my easy chain the sire of all old ocean owns my reign and his hushed waves lie silent on the main but how unbidden shall i dare to steep jove's awful temples in the dew of sleep long since too venturous at thy bold command on those eternal lids i laid my hand what time deserting ilion's wasted plain his conquering son alcides ploughed the main when lo the deeps arise the tempests roar and drive the hero to the cohen shore great jove awaking shook the blest abodes with rising wrath and tumbled gods on gods me chief he sought and from the realms on high had hurled indignant to the nether sky but gentle knight to whom i fled for aid the friend of earth and heaven her wings displayed empowered the wrath of gods and men to tame even jove revered the venerable dame vain are thy fears the queen of heaven replies and speaking rolls her large majestic eyes think'st thou that troy has jove's high favour won like great alcides his all-conquering son hear and obey the mistress of the skies nor for the deed expect a vulgar prize for no, thy loved one shall be ever thine the youngest grace pasithia the divine swear then he said by those tremendous floods that roar through hell and bind the invoking gods let the great parent earth one hand sustain and stretch the other o'er the sacred main call the black titans that with Cronos dwell to hear and witness from the depths of hell that she my loved one shall be ever mine the youngest grace pasithia the divine the queen ascents and from the infernal bowers invokes the sable sub tartarian powers and those who rule the inviolable floods whom mortals name the dread titanian gods then swift as wind o'er Lemno's smoky isle they wing their way and Embra's sea-beat soil through air unseen involved in darkness glide and light on lectos on the point of Ide, mother of savages whose echoing hills are heard resounding with a hundred rills Fair Ida trembles underneath the god, hushed are her mountains and her forests nod there on a fir whose spiry branches rise to join its summit to the neighbouring skies, dark in embowering shade, concealed from sight, sat sleep in likeness of the bird of night, Calchas his name by those of heavenly birth, but called'd by the race of earth, to Ida's top, successful Juno flies, great Jove surveys her with desiring eyes the god whose lightning sets the heavens on fire through all his bosom feels the fierce desire fierce as when first by stealth he seized her charms mixed with her soul and melted in her arms fix'd on her eyes he fed his eager look then press'd her hand and thus with transport spoke why comes my goddess from the ethereal sky and not her steeds and flaming chariot nigh then she i haste to those remote abodes where the great parents of the deathless gods the reverend ocean and grey thetis reign on the last limits of the land and main i visit these to whose indulgent cares i owe the nursing of my tender years for strife i hear has made that union cease which held so long that ancient pair in peace the steeds prepared my chariot to convey o'er earth and seas and through the aerial way wait under eyed of thy superior power to ask consent i leave the olympian bower nor seek unknown to thee the sacred cells deep under seas where hoary ocean dwells for that said jove suffice another day but eager love denies the least delay let softer cares the present hour employ and be these moments sacred all to joy ne'er did my soul so strong a passion prove or for an earthly or a heavenly love not when I pressed Ixion's matchless dame, whence rose Pythoos like the gods in fame. Not when danae felt the shower of gold stream into life, whence Perseus brave and bold. Not thus I burned for either Theban dame, Bacchus from this, from that Alcides came, nor Phoenix' daughter beautiful and young, whence godlike Radamanth and Minos sprung. Not thus I burned for fair Latona's face, Nor comelier Ceres, more majestic grace, Not thus even for thyself I felt desire, As now my veins receive the pleasing fire. He spoke. The goddess with the charming eyes glows with celestial red, And thus replies Is this a scene for love? On Ida's height, exposed to mortal and immortal sight, Our joys profaned by each familiar eye, The sport of heaven and fable of the sky? how shall i e'er review the blest abodes or mix among the senate of the gods shall i not think that with disordered charms all heaven beholds me recent from thy arms with skill divine has vulcan form'd thy bower sacred to love and to the genial hour if such thy will to that recess retire in secret there indulge thy soft desire she ceased and smiling with superior love thus answered would mild the cloud-compelling jove nor god nor mortal shall our joys behold shaded with clouds and circumfused in gold not even the sun who darts through heaven his rays and whose broad eye the extended earth surveys gazing he spoke and kindling at the view his eager arms around the goddess threw glad earth perceives and from her bosom pours unbidden herbs and voluntary flowers thick new-born violets a soft carpet spread and clustering lotus swelled the rising bed and sudden hyacinths the turf bistro and flamy crocus made the mountain glow there golden clouds conceal the heavenly pair steeped in soft joys and circumfused with air celestial dews descending o'er the ground perfume the mount and breathe ambrosia round at length with love and sleep's soft power oppress'd the panting thunderer nods and sinks to rest now to the navy borne on silent wings to neptune's ear soft sleep his message brings beside him sudden unperceived he stood and thus with gentle words address the god now neptune now the important hour employ to check awhile the haughty hopes of troy while jove yet rests while yet my vapours shed the golden vision round his sacred head for juno's love and somnus pleasing ties have closed those awful and eternal eyes thus having said the power of slumber flew on human lids to drop the balmy dew neptune with zeal increased renews his care and towering in the foremost ranks of war indignant thus o once of martial fame o greeks if yet ye can deserve the name this half recovered day shall troy obtain shall hector thunder at your ships again lo still he vaunts and threats the fleet with fires while stern achilles in his wrath retires one hero's loss too tamely you deplore be still yourselves and ye shall need no more oh yet if glory any bosom warms brace on your firmest helms and stand to arms his strongest spear each valiant grecian wield each valiant grecian seize his broadest shield let to the weak the lighter arms belong the ponderous targe be wielded by the strong thus armed, not hector shall our presence stay myself ye greeks myself will lead the way the troops assent their martial arms they change the busy chiefs their banded legions range the kings, though wounded and oppressed with pain, with helpful hands, themselves assist the train. The strong and cumbrous arms the valiant wield. The weaker warrior takes a lighter shield. Thus, sheathed in shining brass, in bright array the legions march, and Neptune leads the way. His brandished falchion flames before their eyes, like lightning flashing through the frighted skies. Clad in his might, the earth-shaking power appears pale mortals tremble and confess their fears troy's great defender stands alone unawed arms his proud host and dares oppose a god and lo the god and wondrous man appear the sea's stern ruler there and hector here the roaring main at her great master's call rose in huge ranks and form'd a watery wall around the ships seas hanging o'er the shores both armies join earth thunders ocean roars not half so loud the bellowing deeps resound when stormy winds disclose the dark profound less loud the winds that from the Aeolian hall roar through the woods and make whole forests fall less loud the woods when flames in torrents pour catch the dry mountain and its shades devour with such a rage the meeting hosts are driven and such a clamour shakes the sounding heaven the first bold javelin urged by hector's force direct at ajax's bosom winged its course but there no pass the crossing belts afford one braced his shield and one sustained his sword then back the disappointed trojan drew and cursed the lance that unavailing flew but scaped not ajax his tempestuous hand a ponderous stone upheaving from the sand where heaps laid loose beneath the warrior's feet, or served to ballast or to prop the fleet, tossed round and round the missive marble flings on the raised shield, the fallen ruin rings full on his breast and throat with force descends, nor deadened' there its giddy fury spends, but whirling on with many a fiery round smokes in the dust and ploughs into the ground as when the bolt red hissing from above darts on the consecrated plant of jove the mountain oak in flaming ruin lies black from the blow and smokes of sulphur rise stiff with amaze the pale beholders stand and own the terrors of the almighty hand so lies great hector prostrate on the shore his slackened hand deserts the lance it bore his following shield the fallen chief o'erspread beneath his helmet dropped his fainting head his load of armor sinking to the ground clanks on the field a dead and hollow sound loud shouts of triumph fill the crowded plain Greece sees in hope troy's great defender slain all spring to seize him storms of arrows fly and thicker javelins intercept the sky in vain an iron tempest hisses round he lies protected and without a wound polydamas a genor the divine the pious warrior of anchises line and each bold leader of the lycian band with covering shields a friendly circle stand his mournful followers with assistant care the groaning hero to his chariot bear his foaming coursers swifter than the wind speed to the town and leave the war behind when now they touched the mead's enamelled side where gentle xanthus rolls his easy tide with watery drops the chief they sprinkle round placed on the margin of the flowery ground raised on his knees he now ejects the gore now faints anew low sinking on the shore by fits he breathes half views the fleeting skies and seals again by fits his swimming eyes soon as the greeks the chiefs retreat beheld with double fury each invades the field oilian ajax first his javelin sped pierced by whose point the son of enops bled satnius the brave whom beauteous neis bore amidst her flocks on satnius silver shore struck through the belly's rim the warrior lies supine and shades eternal veil his eyes an arduous battle rose around the dead by turns the greeks by turns the trojans bled fired with revenge polydamas drew near and at prothoenor shook the trembling spear the driving javelin through his shoulder thrust he sinks to earth and grasps the bloody dust lo thus the victor cries we rule the field and thus there arms the race of panthus wield from this unerring hand there flies no dart but bathes its point within a grecian heart propped on that spear to which thou o'st thy fall go guide thy darksome steps to pluto's dreary hall he said and sorrow touched each argai of breast the soul of ajax burned above the rest as by his side the groaning warrior fell at the fierce foe he launched his piercing steel the foe reclining shunned the flying death but fate archilochus demands thy breath thy lofty birth no succour could impart the wings of death o'ertook thee on the dart swift to perform heaven's fatal will it fled full on the juncture of the neck and head and took the joint and cut the nerves in twain the dropping head first tumbled on the plain so just the stroke that yet the body stood erect then roll'd along the sands in blood here proud Polydamas here turn thy eyes the towering ajax loud insulting cries say is this chief extended on the plain a worthy vengeance for Prothoenor slain mark well his port his figure and his face nor speak him vulgar nor of vulgar race some lines methinks may make his lineage known antenor's brother or perhaps his son he spake and smiled severe for well he knew the bleeding youth troy saddened at the view but furious acamas avenged his cause as promachus his slaughter brother draws he pierced his heart such fate attends you all proud argaevs destined by our arms to fall not troy alone but haughty greece shall share the toils the sorrows and the wounds of war behold your Promachus deprived of breath a victim owed to my brave brother's death not unappeased he enters Pluto's gate who leaves a brother to revenge his fate Heart-piercing anguish struck the grecian host but touch'd the breast of bold Penelius most at the proud boaster he directs his course the boaster flies and shuns superior force but young Ilioneus received the spear Ilioneus his father's only care. Forbus the rich of all the Trojan train, whom Hermes loved and taught the arts of gain, full in his eye the weapon chanced to fall, and from the fibres scooped the rooted ball, drove through the neck and hurled him to the plain. He lifts his miserable arms in vain. Swift his broad falchion fierce Penelius spread, and from the spouting shoulders struck his head. To earth at once the head and helmet fly. The lance yet sticking through the bleeding eye, the victor seized and as aloft he shook the gory visage thus insulting spoke trojans your great ilioneus behold haste to his father let the tale be told let his high roofs resound with frantic woe such as the house of promachus must know let doleful tidings greet his mother's ear such as to promachus sad spouse we bear when we victorious shall to greece return and the pale matron in our triumphs mourn Dreadful he spoke, then tossed the head on high, the Trojans hear they tremble, and they fly, aghast, they gaze around the fleet and wall, and dread the ruin that impends on all daughters of Jove, that on Olympus shine, ye all beholding, all recording nine, O say, when Neptune made proud Ilion yield, what chief, what hero first embrued the field of all the grecians what immortal name and whose blest trophies will ye raise to fame thou first great ajax on the unsanguined plain laid hirtius leader of the mysian train falsies and murmur nestor's son o'erthrew bold morion Morus, and Hippotion slew strong Periphetes and prothoan bled by teucer's arrows mingled with the dead pierced in the flank by menelaus steel his people's pastor Hipparenor fell Eternal darkness wrapped the warrior round, and the fierce soul came rushing through the wound. But stretched in heaps before Oileus' son fall mighty numbers, mighty numbers run. Ajax, the less of all the Grecian race, skilled in pursuit and swiftest in the chase. End of book Fourteen.